Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on the dreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today we're talking actual basketball that's just about to start. Michael Brown can't be more, more excited to be on the pod with you, though. Dude, we are, uh, when people listen to us, you know, Thursday morning, we are eight days away from actual NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. We are just a mere two days until our beloved Houston Rockets are back on the court playing a scrimmage, but still a game. Um, it's exciting, man. It, it, I can't believe it's here. We made it. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, this – so this podcast is dedicated towards uh, previewing the three-game scrimmage preseason for the bubble. So – 
for those of you who are unaware of the Rockets' current schedule for the uh, inter-squad scrimmages, uh, they play Friday night, July 24th at 6.30 Houston time against Toronto. So it's right on time, I guess. I mean, you can catch probably the first half, and then you get Houston Astros opening day. That's a pretty nice Friday, if you ask me. And then on Sunday evening, they face the Memphis Grizzlies. And then on Tuesday evening, they'll face the Boston Celtics. So the idea for these scrimmages was to get teams to play other teams that they probably wouldn't face uh, in in the playoffs at any point. So you're going to see a lot of West versus East play. You're going to see a lot of... Uh, and I don't think there are very, I think there are very few games, if any at all, that are between teams that are going to play in the eight games uh, for regular season bubble games. So you're going to get to look at a lot of opponents that you might not necessarily see, but it's a good chance to kind of push your kind of a good chance to push your team out against a real five-on-five game against someone that isn't your, your teammates. And and that's really important. Yeah. the When I look at the three teams the Rockets are playing, what intrigues me the most, and I'm sure we're going to get far more into, you know, each matchup is there are certain aspects of each team that I think will push the Rockets and show the things that they need to work on, not necessarily in the playoffs, but in the eight-game stretch before the playoffs you know when you're talking about Toronto you're talking about you know a large majority of that team went to the finals last year so they're going to be ready to go they've got one of the best coaches in Nick Nurse in the in the league you got a team like Memphis you know that could be a perfect barometer for where Russell Westbrook is health-wise going up against the guy like Jean Morant you look at a team like the Boston Celtics with the plethora of wings that they have with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward how do the Rockets wings in Covington, Tucker, you know, Eric Gordon, Jeff Green, Damari Carroll? How do those guys match up in a game scenario against the wings of, uh, you know, Boston? All three teams have great point guard play with Kyle Lowry, uh, Kemba Walker, Jean Morant. It, it, the list goes on. So there's going to be takeaways for the Rockets. Good or bad, you shouldn't take, you shouldn't think too much of it. But there's going to be some really interesting takeaways that fans will be able to take from each of these games. Yeah, I think this is obviously a time not to look really at the opponents uh, that the Rockets are facing, but more so just to see what they are. Because I think what we can agree on is that the Rockets are facing are really, I think, in my opinion, honestly, the biggest competition for the Rockets, at least in the first part of the bubble, is themselves. Um, I, I can't put enough emphasis on the Dallas Mavericks game on the 31st. That game is so big. And, well, yeah. and I, you know, just for seating wise, but I totally agree with where you're coming from. There's what I like what the guys have been saying is that they're not worried about anybody else. They're worried about themselves. They're worried about the defensive cohesion. They're worried about getting Russell Westbrook and Harden back into game shape. They're worried about keeping Eric Gordon healthy. They're worried about Ben McLemore continuing his best shooting statistical season that he's had as a pro. They're worried about that stuff. They're not worried about Anthony Davis or LeBron. You know, a lot of those teams, I mean, knock on wood, you know, 
look at the Clippers right now. I mean, Patrick Beverly's left the bubble. Montrez Harrell has left the bubble. Uh, I mean, there's guys leaving the bubble. The Rockets, for right now, I mean, are pretty well intact outside of Bob Mute, who, according to reports, entered or is getting to Orlando within, you know, 24 hours or so. So, you know, the Rockets are worried about themselves for sure, but they got that Dallas game is massive. It's so big for them for seeding. Um, but I get, I get where you're coming from. It's big for seed. I guess where I'm coming from is you're looking at the, the Mavericks as a team that you're better than. And, I mean, I think personally the Rockets, if you put against them against most of the teams that they're going to be playing in the bubble, they can beat them. And I, I don't think the Mavericks are going to beat you because they're just better. Because I don't think they are. I think if the Mavericks are going to beat you, it's because you're beating yourself. It's like earlier in the season when, uh, like, this was way back in, like, November, where the Mavericks won. It was, like, a Sunday matinee. It was, like, the Sunday right after Thanksgiving, I think. Because I remember this because I was in Austin. And I wouldn't be in Austin unless it was Thanksgiving. So that was, um, so that was, like, right after Thanksgiving. And they, they just lost because Dallas just kind of outplayed them. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Houston's game. Houston played pretty poorly that that day. I remember that. And, like, Luka is great, but I think if you put Luka against Harden at their, at their best, Harden is, Harden's best right now is better than Luka's best. We might not be able to say that in a couple of years, maybe even next year. But I think Harden's best, and Harden and Russ together is better than Luka. And Porzingis, excuse me. So that, to me, shows that the Rockets are facing themselves. And I think that is a good mindset to have when you're in the bubble because, or when you're just playing basketball in itself, because if you have, if you enter the game with the mindset that you are better than the other team and you just need to play your game, then it's a lot easier to win. That's why in 2018, when the, Ro- the Rockets had that mindset, And that's why they were able to win so many of those games because they were able to simply play their game. They didn't have to play their opponent's game. They had to play their game. And that's why they were so successful that year. And I, and I get a similar vibe from this team. I do. It's because they play such a unique style and they play such a different style than most teams. And they're really good at it. And that that's also part of it. If they weren't good at the small ball, then I'd be okay. But I think the small ball is proven that it can be successful. And we just need to see that come into fruition now. This is the time is now. Yeah. I, I look at it more, you know, you look at Dallas, they obviously have the two guys, but Rick Carlisle, top five coach in the league, first game back, you're a game and a half up on them in the in the standings. So you win, you're up two and a half games with six le- or seven left versus being up half a game with seven games left. Um, but I, I 100% agree with you that, and we've said this before, but it's about, you know, are the Rockets shooting the ball well? It, or is Russell Westbrook for some reason shooting, you know, nine threes a game? There should never be a game where Russell Westbrook shoots more than three or four three-pointers. Yeah. It, it's not smart. It's not smart for him to play that way. Yeah. But if, if, if yeah. we're our best and Dallas is playing their best game, the Rockets are probably a three to five points better than them on any given night. 
at its worst. You know, if yeah. we play our best, they play their best. It's probably a five, you know, four to six point game somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Russell Westbrook, let's get this back on track because uh, sure. we'll probably have a, a podcast uh, next Thursday that will detail specifically this Mavericks game. Uh, but let's look at um, let's look at the, the the bubble scrimmages for right now and what the team is at right now. So speaking of Russell Westbrook, returned to practice uh, on Wednesday, and it was his first practice back with the team. So the team is pretty much at full strength. I'm not entirely sure if Luke Bamute is there, um, but Russ is there, and I think that that matters a lot more than Luke being there or anybody being there uh, other than maybe James Harden. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I think he's back. He should be with the team, I would say, by the first scrimmage, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke, that is. Yeah, Luke should be with the team. Westbrook being back, it means the world to this team, man. It's, they can't do anything without Westbrook. This, mm-hmm. is, this, is not a, this is not a championship team without Russell Westbrook at his peak. And I think P.J. Tucker – said it best today he goes it was just it was good to see him and Tucker said it's just good to be back with my boys you know speaking about Harden and Westbrook and this team has something special to it I don't know how special it is but this team is filled with top flight NBA talent who's bought into the small ball style of play You've got guys who play the game at an extremely high level, play really, really hard. Can it translate to the court? We're going to find out very, very quickly. But Westbrook being back, it means everything. I mean, you can't understate. And there was a video today, I'm sure you saw it, of him flying through the air for a nasty dunk. And, you know, it's probably going to take him a couple of days to get in a game. You know, I wouldn't say top flight game shape, but it's going to take him a few minutes to get his skills back, I think. And I think he's going to be ready to go by next Friday. Yeah, I think having Russ back, the the Rockets, what they did in February, the trade for Covington, really put the emphasis on Russ and his value to the team. And I believe that I believe that the Rockets are not a championship team without Russ. I agree with you, Mike. Um, I think that, and I've, and I've made arguments like in the last podcast we had that Russ is just as, if not more important than, than Harden at this point, because of the style of play that they're going to run. And in a sense, I mean, like last year, um, Chris Paul was not as sharp as he was in 2018. And I think that's part of the reason why they weren't as successful as they were in 2018. Um, I think Harden is obviously there. Like, like here's, here's my thing. You can have a star on your team and they can, they, but honestly, stars can only take you so far. It's about the supporting cast around it. And it's about your secondary and your tertiary players and your role players. So like, for instance, um, what's a good example? Like, um, like Steph Curry is a great example. Um, or actually, it's probably not a good example now that I think about it because they were just injured. But um, I mean, are you who's, talking who's about a good player that? that's just not on a good team? Like Carl Anthony Towns is a good example. Carl Anthony Towns is, could be is a top five center in the league. Um, you know, could be a lot better. But the team around him is not very good. 
So that's why Minnesota is not uh, very good because they don't have the supporting cast around them. Now they're working towards that. I understand that. Um, but you need your supporting cast to help you out. It's not just your star player. Cause at the end of the day, if the star players are all very good, they're going to cancel each other out. What matters is the secondary players and the supporting cast that's around your star player. And to me, in my opinion, next to maybe Paul George and Anthony Davis, uh, or right after them, Russell Westbrook's the best number two in the league. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I mean, I mean, like, can you challenge that argument? Challenge that argument, Mike. I dare you. A triple dog dare you. No, I mean, okay. So you're saying outside of Paul George, and outside. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I don't like, agree with it. I, I don't agree with it. But you could say a guy like Chris Middleton. Is in that conversation. Okay, you but not say, in the conversation, yes, but not better than Russell Westbrook. That's a, you can, Clay Thompson in, in Golden State, you could say, is is right there. Um, like, yeah, that, that's a good example. So the Warriors, like, Kevin, Kevin Durant, was he the best player on the Warriors last three years? Yes, right? Or is it Steph? No, it's Kevin Durant. All right, so Steph was the number two, and there was no better number two in the league than Steph. No, That's no, there was MVP, Mike. This is no. MVP. You can't just like honest. I, I mean, you can't beat that. No, you can't beat it. But I'm not. I, you don't want to get in a Steph Curry argument with me because I think that he is the luckiest player in the entire league when it comes to his position that he's in. Now, is he the greatest shooter of all time? Absolutely. Um, but I mean, outside of shooting the ball, I mean, what does he really do? That's earth-shattering. He's not a good defender. He's a decent assist guy. He's not a good rebounder. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal basketball player. There's no doubt in my mind. But I think he gets a lot more credit for being a top-flight superstar than he should. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, wow. he was the number two in the league. But there there's some arguments to be made. Now, better than Westbrook? I don't know. I need to take a deeper look at the numbers. But a guy like Chris Middleton and what he means to that team, uh, you can't understate. Um, so, yeah, I'm with that argument. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. A little off topic. I just want to uh, break this news here. Uh, we're recording this around 8.30 on uh, Wednesday evening here. Uh, but according to Kelly Eco of The Athletic and a former uh, Dream Shake staffer, uh, Luke Bamute has – landed in Orlando. So that answers our question from uh, a couple minutes ago. But anyway, let's move back to this whole Russ number two situation. So, yeah, I think to me, uh, like stars can get you so far, but the team is ultimately the one that wins the championship. That's why you're seeing, uh, you know, big threes created. That's why you're seeing, you know, stars team up together. And, and the league that we live in, honestly, is down to dynamic duos. Is is what we've seen a lot this year is you know LeBron and AD, Kawhi and PG, uh, Middleton and Giannis uh, in the you know Kristaps uh, and Luca, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Like that is what the league is right now, and it's exciting because it, in my opinion, it kind of instead of big threes, it kind of you know levels the playing field in a way. Like Stephen Clay is a good example when they're healthy. Um, so 
it, it makes things very interesting. And it's not like it was in years past where it was kind of just, you know, oh, the big three teams are going to be in the, in the, in the end, the super teams are going to make it to the finals. And it's pretty clear and obvious, but this year, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's the case. Um, you can make the argument for several teams. I think we said we agreed on eight teams that we believe that could make a run at this title. And that's, uh, the Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Rockets in the West, and in the East, it's the Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, and Sixers. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, that's what I want to see, is I think Russell Westbrook's success is just as important, if not more important, than Harden's because of that reason. Uh, you're going to need the, to be the best dynamic duo to win this title, and it's a partnership. It's a, it's a 50, 50 partnership. You either both win or you both lose. And knowing Harden and Westbrook's chemistry, knowing the way that they kind of complement each other, um, it is unique to see. And that's what I want to see more of is, you know, I know Harden and Westbrook, but keep in mind, they haven't, they don't have that same chemistry like other dynamic duos do it's weird because they obviously they obviously have known each other for a very long time but they haven't played off of each other like in the capacity that they've had in four months um and that's that's what also it's going to come down to is chemistry that's why we've said you know on previous podcasts that we're skeptical of what utah can produce because we don't know what the chemistry between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is, because back in March, it was deemed to be pretty suspect when the whole COVID suspension went down. Well, let me, let me ask you this. And one of the other things that I'm looking for in these scrimmages is Eric Gordon. You know, is, does his, his newfound youth, maybe that's the best way to put it, you know, he seems healthy. Everybody's been talking about how well he looks. Think about the eight teams that you just mentioned, right? You look at the Lakers. The Lakers have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, all-world talent, correct? We're, we're on the same page there. Right. Who's, their thir- who's, their, who's their third best scorer on that team? It's probably what? Kyle Kuzma at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. Who would you rather have, Kyle Kuzma or Eric Gordon? It's, it's pretty close. Uh, this season, I'd rather have Kuzma, but I understand that Eric Gordon has been injured. Um, so I guess overall, I mean, Gordon is more experienced. Um, and I think that Gordon fits his system better than Kuzma fits the Lakers system. Correct. That's where I was getting to, is that mm-hmm. Gordon is a better fit than Kuzma, right? Yeah. And you look at the Clippers. The Clippers have Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, and their third best Pure scorer is probably Lou Williams. Yeah. Gordon is right there with Lou Williams with what he's going to give this team. My point is, is that the Rockets, you could argue, has one of the four best number one options in James Harden. Mm-hmm. Right there on James, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and, and Giannis. They probably, as we just discussed, have the first or second best number two option in Russell Westbrook. And yes. they arguably have the first or second, third best option in Eric Gordon. You have one of the five to seven best individual defenders in P.J. Tucker. 
You have a versatile Robert Covington. The thing is, the more that you break down this roster, the more impressive it is. And the more it's, you realize, not, not you, but just you know, basketball fans looking at this saying, and a lot of national people are, are saying this, the Rockets are dangerous. The Rockets are just straight up dangerous when it comes to this tournament. You know? So, they're, right. well, no, I, 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 I don't think you can understate this, his importance to this team. Yeah. Well, if Eric, to bring it back to, yeah, to bring it back to the, to the bubble scrimmages. Yeah. How much do the Rock, like, so here's the thing. Obviously, with, with Westbrook coming into the bubble late, with Gordon and his, you know, injury flare-ups, Harden also came into the bubble uh, after most of the team. Like, are we going to see this in the bubble scrimmages? Or is Mike D'Antoni going to play it safe and say, you know what, let's just, you know, I trust that my team is is solid and ready to go, and I'm not going to play anybody or I'm not going to show too much of my cards until the 31st? I, I think he. I think his cards have been shown. I mean, what what in the scrimmages? I would say you're going to get a sneak peek of it. You're going to get a, you know, if he plays Harden against Toronto on Friday night and he goes off for twenty to twenty five points in the first half, you're probably not going to see him in the second half because there's no reason to. Okay, so well, James is yeah. ready to go. I mean, because here's my thing. I don't think we're going to see Russ play in at least this first scrimmage. I don't think Russ is going to play. I think he plays against Memphis in the second game, but I don't think he plays in the first or the third game. I don't think he – if he's I, enough in the Memphis game, I wouldn't think you're going to see Russ. I don't think you need to. Well, yeah, let's – well, you know, there's the, – the scrimmages are a little different. Um, there's there's some – there's some differences. Um the there's not a, it's a 40 minute game instead of a 48 minute game uh that's the one big difference i mean other than that there's not too many differences but like we were able to see the first scrimmage with um with Kawhi today uh and Kawhi, i don't i want to say i don't think he played that much he might have played 20 minutes mm-hmm. um which i mean hey that's that's all he really needed to play i mean the, the Clippers and the Clippers are in a weird spot because, yeah, Kawhi only played 20 minutes. Um, the bench, Jermichael Green led the team in minutes 25. Um, but yeah, Doc Rivers kind of played everyone 15 to 25 minutes. Um, but the Clippers are in a weird position because they don't have Montrezl Harrell and they don't have a center. So that's that's a bit of a strange position to be in. But also, like, like for instance, Orlando kind of did the same thing, didn't play anyone over 20 minutes. Um, if you look at the Denver game, Denver Denver threw out a really crazy lineup. Um, they did, like, Nicole Jokic was the point guard. Uh, did you see that, Mike? I did not. Yeah, so this is this is the starting five that uh, Denver came up with. And I kind of want to bring this up because now I'm kind of curious. Starting five, um, Nicole Jokic, Jeremy Grant, Paul Bowl, who's, you know, seven foot something, uh, Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley. That was the starting five. Yeah. 
Um, that's like the anti-Rockets starting five. Let's let's get that straight. That's like anti-Rockets five right there. I'd be interested to see that lineup against the Rockets. I mean, look, no, and and the only players come off bench were, um, you know, Rockets full hero Troy Daniels, uh, Noah Vonleh, and Tyler Cook, who's a rookie, who's six eight. Um, so not a whole lot of guy. I mean, the Rockets don't play anyone above six five. Uh, and the Nuggets don't play anyone shorter than 6'5", is what it seems. Uh, or Troy Daniels might have been the one exception. But, um, yeah, but, like, that that team, no Monty Morris, no um, no Monty Morris, no Jamal Murray, no Will Barton, no Gary Harris. Like, their whole backcourt didn't play. And some of them are in Orlando, some of them aren't. Um, so there's a bit of a difference there. But, I mean, like... I don't think we should read too much into these games, um, but I do think it's important that uh, we get some kind of lineup that that has some kind of semblance to what we're going to see uh, moving forward. Like, New Orleans rolled out a lineup that's pretty similar to what they will play moving forward. Uh, Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Ingram only played 10 minutes, but Ingram started. Uh Nicola Melli, who's their backup for, and played instead of Zion, and then Jackson Hayes, who um, instead of Derek Favors. So that's another example. I won't even look at Brooklyn because I don't think I think they are not an example of any team that that should be uh, considered. But I'll ask you this, Mike. You're I'm going to give you your D'Antoni hat, and I want you to name the starting five for uh, Friday's game. Well, I mean, there's no reason to not – well, okay, I'm the coach. Is is Westbrook playing or no? No, that's uh, up to you. You're the coach. Um, I'm going to say Westbrook should not play. So, I mean, I'll go with Harden, Gordon, Tucker, Covington, and House. Mm-hmm. Or – let me say. Let me rephrase. I'm gonna put Rivers at the one, Harden at the two. Uh, yeah. So Rivers, Harden, Tucker, Covington, and House will be my five. Yeah. Here's so here's my thing. I would do this. I would play one game. I, I'm not playing Harden or Westbrook more than. 20 minutes in a game. I'm not doing it. They can play five minutes each quarter. They can do something. They can, you know, stagger their, their playing time. I think three is a good number for games to have. So this is what I think I would do. I would play Harden in the first game. I would play both Harden and Westbrook in the second game. And I would either sit both of them for the final game or I'd only play Westbrook. No, because that, it is well, it the, the third well, okay, maybe maybe not maybe not not in terms of just just games, but I think what we need to see we need to see Harden get some minutes without Westbrook. We need to see Westbrook get some minutes without Harden, and we need to see Harden and Westbrook get minutes together because all three of those situations are extremely important towards rocket success. The Rockets need to be able to be just as good or be able to uh, create and score and be productive in all three of those scenarios, whether it be Westbrook feeling super hot 
or uh, Harden isn't feeling super hot, or you know, and, and they need to obviously know they obviously need to get back into the rhythm of playing together before that Mavericks game because that game, like you mentioned earlier, Mike, is a very important game, and the Rockets need to start Orlando off with a win, and this would do that. Yeah, so they can step up in the first two games, though. There's no reason for them to play against Boston. I don't think. You can't. Yeah, I mean, can't, okay, can't, I see, yeah. Rolls an ankle, and they're out for a week. Exactly. I mean, I well, what, but also, that's yeah. an argument. That's an argument to not play them in any game. To be fair. Yeah, but I mean, I, I agree with that. But let's say some. Let's God forbid, right? Something happens to one of them. You know, Friday. It gives them a full week to get healthy. You know, if something happens in the Boston game on Tuesday, I mean, if they miss a week, I mean, you're missing two of the eight games. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's massive. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference between, you know, a, you know, Friday, Friday and Sunday. I'm on the I'm on the fence. I mean, I think they need to play, but I wouldn't be mad if they didn't play either one of the three games. Because yeah, you. I mean- I mean, this is what I think. I think that, uh, look, I, I think that the, the bubble preseason games are important because it gives, it gives you your first look against an opponent. Like, here's the thing. The NFL preseason is getting a lot of flack um, because, because obviously because of COVID, but also just because, you know, for years, the NFL preseason has gotten a lot of flack. But people forget that, it's an opportunity to play someone that you that isn't your team, that is an enemy. And it's important to be able to get that, get that experience, especially for guys that, you know, I mean, obviously it's it's a very unique situation here because, you know, the team's already been together and they've, you know, played together for X amount of months and all of that. But, there, I mean, I think I read something yesterday. We've already experienced a full off season. The amount of time that has taken place between the end of the season, March 11th, till now is longer than when the Raptors won the championship to opening night 2019-2020. So they've had a full off season where they haven't played together. So in a way, this is a very new season. What happened in the past, very little of that matters now. Yeah, I... Yeah, I felt preseason being four games is ridiculous. Or the preseason. The preseason being well, four we, games. Well, don't take it away completely. Maybe maybe it should be two games or three games. It can't be just one game. I think it needs to be at least two games. No, that, that's no, my two games. But, but that's besides the point. I think three, but like I think three is a good number here because it gives it it's a there's a warm-up game. There's a game in that in that situation in this situation for the Rockets. The warm-up game is Toronto. The game where you actually you know your final chance to uh, get some fresh legs for your top lineups is against Memphis on Sunday. Yeah. And then the final game in Boston is just your final tune-up. Don't get anybody injured. Play the guys that you know haven't gotten a lot of run in the system. So for instance, Luke Bamute, who hasn't gotten to the bubble. Um, that would be a good chance for a guy like him to get some minutes, someone that hasn't played in the NBA for nearly two years. Yeah, that should be a Bruno Caboclo game. A Bruno Caboclo game, give Tyson Chandler some run even. Um, yeah. I would say, like, like get, give your bench guys some run. Even get the G League guys out there in case they need to get uh, 
in case they need to suit up during the during the games or whatnot. Um, yeah. Chris Clements. All that I want to see, Mike, is I just want to see some. Uh, this is what I want to see. I want to see Harden get some minutes alone and see how he does there. I want to see Westbrook get some minutes alone, see how he does there, and I want to see um, them get minutes together, at least a couple minutes together. That's it. Yeah, my my biggest takeaway, I should say one of my two biggest takeaways that I want to see from the three games as a whole is defensive continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. If the Rockets turn into a top eight defensive team in bubble 2020, they will make it to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. The, okay. offense, the offense is going to be there. I'm not worried about the offense. You know, they're, they're going to score a ton of points. Can they get enough stops? Mm-hmm. Can they work enough on, you know, a defensive rotation? Because when – I hate to go back to the Dallas game, but let me use that as an example. There's going to be times where Porzingis ends up with Eric Gordon, you know, trying to guard him. You're going to mm-hmm. need that defensive rotation to send a double team Porzingis' way. Are they going to leave a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. open when they shouldn't? Um, when you play the Lakers, they've showed that they can play, you know, the first game, Robert Covington being a rocket, they show that they can play the type of game to beat the Lakers. Can that be consistent? So I, that's what I want to see. I want to see good, sound defensive rotations. Guys like Jeff Green, Damari Carroll, um, guys like Robert Covington, P.J. Tucker, that four that foursome, if you will, of guys, are they going to play big enough, smart enough, fast enough, agile enough to make this defensive uh, presence one of the best in the league? And if they can do that, good luck trying to beat this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have no qualms about the offense. I think the offense will be uh, pretty solid. But I do think that the defense is one. The defense is the is the big kicker here, because, and and that's also the biggest thing that they've talked about in press conferences and interviews and whatnot is how impressed that the team is by the defense that they've been playing. I'm curious to see what that looks like, and I think that Toronto is a good team to test that against because. They are they are underrated in terms of their offensive efficiency. They shoot the three ball really well. Um, I and they and they have multiple threats to score. Multiple ways they can beat you um, with Siakam inside, with Lowry on the perimeter, with Van Vliet on the perimeter, uh, with guys like uh, like Norman Powell who can uh, run the court with you, like. They have so many guys that can beat you in so many different ways. And I think that a team like that is a good team to test your defense on. Uh, Memphis is also, I don't know, for me, Memphis, I could see that being a game where I can see the score like riding up. I remember right before the season let out, there was a game against Memphis and the Rockets just absolutely blew the top off them uh, because just sheer offense. Because Memphis is defense. They're young. They're not... They're not entirely uh, a defensive-minded team either, so I, I don't. I think the the game to test your defense is against uh, Toronto. That's gonna be, but also Memphis is the game you want to test your offense, give your offense some confidence. Yeah, they, you know, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis presents a different type of 
uh, defensive question for me. You know, you look at Toronto. I mean, Toronto, you know, utilizes a guy like Sergi Baca and Marcus All inside. Um, but neither one of those guys are, you know, going to beat you. I like it with Memphis, Jonas Valanciunas, a combination of him and Jaron Jackson. That's a pretty decent, you know, four or five matchup for them. So I'd like to see how the Rockets bigs look. I think this Memphis game could be a time to see Tyson Chandler and see, you know, what is a Rockets rotation? I think one of the bigger points in one of these three games, we haven't touched on it yet. What is a Rockets small ball minded team look like with a big on the court? You know, do they have, you know, what does Tyson Chandler look like when he's on the court? Is he simply just a decoy? Is he a, um, you know, a true, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, runner to the basket, you know, for the lob game with James Harden. Uh, do they just stick him in the corner and say, all right, well, we got Tyson Chandler on the court. Jonas Valanciunas, we're just going to take you away from the basket, um, you know, while Tyson's on the court. So that's the type of question I want answered in, in the Memphis game. In the Celtics game, I mean, I want to see Chris Clemens. I love Chris Clemens. I love the way that dude plays basketball, man. He just doesn't care. He's just like, hey, I got the ball. I'm going to shoot it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the type of game I look at for in the Boston game. But the Toronto and the Memphis games, uh, really fun, intriguing storylines in both of those games, relatively put from the Rockets fans' perspective. Yeah. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. I mean – we, we sound so excited for just preseason games, but that's because we've waited four months for this. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that's how we feel about preseason everywhere, I feel like. Every season, every year, is just like, oh, well, finally, it's it's preseason, you know? And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just preseason. I mean, the games, you know, we're going to forget what happened in these games probably in a week from now uh, when the real basketball starts. But uh, before we sign off... Um, I want to give Mike the opportunity, the mic. I'm going to give Mike the mic uh, to give him an opportunity to say a few words. So, uh, Mike, the floor is yours, bud. Man, it's, uh, I guess, everybody listening to this today, uh, yesterday, January 22nd, 2018, uh, myself, a lot of friends back from school lost a good friend, a brother of mine, Jason Carson, um, who was – one of the biggest sports fans I know. Um, he was the mascot for Sam Houston State University. Did mascotting for the Sugarland Skeeters. Uh, went to school uh, in Pearland. Did a uh, Pearland, I believe. Uh, no matter. He went to high school here in Houston. One of the biggest sports fans I know. Lost him two years ago. I know in the world that we live in today with so much sadness and anger towards everybody. Jason was a true beacon of light for people he was always laughing he was always having a good time and on a day like today it's important to note that sports serves such a strong purpose in so many different people's lives and he was somebody that looked to sports you know with his friends his family it was really something that he looked forward to on a on a day-to-day basis and with sports coming back into our society i think it's a time for all of us to reflect on it is only sports but it is important to the day-to-day lives of so many different people. Um, so I know Jason would be listening to our show twice a week. He was the type of guy that would always support every one of his friends and everything that he could do. He would always tell me, 
Mike, you got to go into radio. You got to, you know, you have a voice. You have a face for radio, number one. Uh, you know what I would say. Hey, me too. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got two faces for radio. Yeah. Uh, but he would always, he was always somebody who would always root for his friends to do, you know, bigger and better things. And for myself, you know, the professional achievements I've, you know, been able to, to do in my life, Harden My Take being one of those, I know he would be thoroughly impressed with the shows that we continue to put out every week. Um, but there isn't a, a day that d goes by that I don't miss him. Uh, and I try and live my life to the best of my ability, uh, not only for myself and my family and my friends, but for the memory of um, a friend like Jason Carson. So. so we're dedicating this episode to Jason's memory and to his friends and family. Uh, condolences to the family. Uh, so that wraps up this episode of Harden My Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN uh, and give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so. You can catch every episode of Harden My Take by just liking us on Facebook or giving us a follow on Twitter or uh, downloading and subscribing to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, be sure to also check out TheDreamShake.com for everything Houston Rockets news on SBNation.com as we gear up towards the return of the NBA season on July 31st when the Rockets take on the hated Dallas Mavericks. Uh, big game that night. And uh, you can also catch Mike and I twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, so be sure to check us out. And you can also follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, on Twitter at UHBigRedHatGuy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Harden My Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.